Cynics on Disney podcast contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Cynics on Disney podcast, presented by Nightclub33.com. Welcome into this week's episode of the Cynics on Disney podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, a.k.a. the Disney Cynic. And I'm Amanda, a.k.a. the Anti-Cynic. And we are back for episode 101. Woohoo! In the triple digits. Yeah, we needed a little bit of a break after 100 episodes, not gonna lie. We've been doing this for over two years. I know. It's really freaking weird. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> and thank you to all those of you who have stuck it out for two years. Uh, and for those of you who are just now starting to listen, well, go back and listen to some of the old ones, too. What the hell? You, you got nothing better to do, right? Um, today, though, we are going to talk about possibly one of the worst experiences that you can have at a Disney park. And I am, of course, referring to... Drumroll... That would be the Rainforest Cafe, y'all! Oh, God, this place. (laughs) What, babe? Just this place. For those of you who are wondering, that was a hippo sound. Not a pig. I heard that while we were eating. Not a pig. It's often confused with a pig. You know what? Shut up. (laughs) It is a very, very inside joke. Um, Okay. (laughs) Might as well explain it. We got our dog a chew toy that makes almost that exact same sound. It's a pig. It, it, it's not really anything because it's blue or orange or yellow or whatever. It still looks like a pig. But for years, our dog has joked that it's a hippo. And for years, my wife has argued with him that, that it's a pig. And then one day, we made the, the, the noise for a hippo, and it sounded exactly like the chew toy. And, and, and she was embarrassed. St- before people start thinking that I'm crazy when um, he says I was arguing with our dog about this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need y'all to understand. No, no, no. no. That, like, like it where you're just crazy. That's fine. No, I don't want to keep it where I'm just crazy. <sighs> it's so much more uh, fun, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, we have this whole backstory. We have this whole backstory just nuts. with our dog. She's just nuts. Just leave it at that. Anyway. You know what? Um, you know what? I love you. And uh-huh. No ice cream for you. That's that's mean. That's mean? Yes, it's extremely mean. And over here, letting everybody think that I'm just insane. Right. Isn't? No. Yeah. Some will take pity. That's all I'm saying. No um, ice cream for you. All right. You know what? Let's, we're getting way, way off set. We are. We are. All right. Let's let's get back on track here. Amanda. Yes. What kind of nonsense bullshit history can you come up with for Rainforest Cafe? Um, so the chain itself started in nineteen ninety-four. Um, and I am not gonna go into like that whole history because that's like that that's some crazy shit. Um <laughs> Um, don't leave out the good stuff. Yeah. No, I'm going to, I want to do a TikTok on this one. 
Um, the first location opened at the Mall of America in 1994, and I'm going to say it involved live animals. That tracks. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, eventually, it was sold to Landry's, so they now own it. Um, the There's two locations at Disney World. The um, Disney Springs location opened in 1996. The one that we ate at was the Animal Kingdom location, which opened opening day of Animal Kingdom. Coming. 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 I like how there was some German engineering commercial in, in there with that. I, I don't know. This, this is the problem with that the sound effect app. Uh, I don't... Can, I, can I please continue without... Why our our dinner didn't. (laughs) Anyway, we ate at the Animal Kingdom location, which opened when Animal Kingdom did, April 22nd, 1998. Um, As I stated, this restaurant is now owned by Landry's, which um, also owns other Disney restaurants, such as The Boathouse, Yak and Yeti, and um, Rainforest Cafe's sister, restaurant t-rex cafe along with other notable um like they own a bunch of restaurants some other restaurants that are not on disney property that they own are like bubba gump shrimp company joe's crab shack del frisco's like they own a bunch oh okay but yeah so so there you go guys there's your history on the rainforest cafe just in case you were wondering and you know what even though there's two disney locations we are counting this as both I don't think that it's yeah, fair I'm to not. us uh, in our quest to, to to review everything that is reviewable uh, at Disney. And this this would be tantamount to Guantanamo Bay. Um, I will say here uh, on the front end that the visual experience of walking in is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, it's easy to see why people get suckered into to, to dining here. Because you know what? They have a cool looking aquarium out front. Uh, I got mesmerized by the, all the fish and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, surgeon fish, uh, which you may recognize as what Dory is. Uh, for all yep. you, you know, finding Nemo fans out there. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, they had quite a, they had a pretty good variety of fish in the. Oh, a whole bunch of shit that we've watched on reality television. Let's put it that way. Um, so we like wildlife shows. Yeah, we do. Um, but it, it was it, it's cool to walk into. I, I won't lie to you. Uh, and in terms of theming and all that kind of stuff, um, I, I mean, I'll admit that it does a good job. Yeah, of the theming's you in. great. It, it really does. I, I in fact. I think some Disney restaurants would be envious of yeah. the theming and uh, and the animatronics and yeah. all the other stuff that's going on at uh, at Rainforest Cafe because this is very much in line with what something like Walt Disney probably would have come up with had he lived a little bit longer and decided to open up a restaurant chain. I could see this if if Walt had had lived a little bit because this has like. Jungle Cruise vibes. Right. 
So I could see this, you know, if Skipper's Canteen had been like an original, you know, restaurant concept, I could see something like this being like Skipper's Canteen. And and perhaps it should have been, if I'm being honest with you. Maybe they should have done, because let's be real, we did not have the best of time over at Skipper's Canteen. Um, <laughs> Please go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, like maybe that's what Skipper Canteen should have been, uh, so, something akin to yeah. Rain Rainforest Cafe, um, perhaps the same spirit uh, of it, if you will, but done correctly uh, for for a change. Yeah. That probably yeah. would have been a better uh, experience, but no. Instead, what we're left with is a rather tough experience, mm-hmm. um, and what I mean by that is like. <sighs> Once you get through the door, once you get through and sit down, it's everything goes downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way to put it. I mean, I I, I also want to say that this this is the opposite uh, of a Disney attraction in that you enter through the gift shop. That's true. So, like, you come in, and it's kind of almost, you're not quite immersed into it just yet. Like, you have to go through the gift shop, and then once they once you get seated at your table, that's when you're kind of immersed in the theming. But, yeah. Well, one thing that jolted me straight out of the theming, if I'm being honest with you, is the fact that we were handed seven different menus. Oh, my God. The amount of menus that we had. I... I like all of them were, I guess they were expecting just like a lot of people who didn't speak English and couldn't understand the the language, and so it was like passing out a picture a picture book. There's no other way to put it. I mean, we had the menu for the food, we had the menu for the drinks, we had the menu with the specials, we had the menu. Oh my god! We also we were had at a four top table, and it was covered in menus. Yeah, like might as well have been a tablecloth, just the menus. It's ridiculous. I like. I, I don't understand the need for that many selections, and it's not like they were. Like a lot of it was covered by the original menu, like just the regular one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it defeats the purpose of the six other menus that we were hit. Right. Um, right. Were you tempted by any of the mixed drinks or any of that kind of stuff? Um. Not. Not really. Um, I mean, it's it's they were all very gimmicky. And no, not not Rainforest Cafe. I mean, I just God. I mean, they had. I'm I'm typically a sucker for anything that has like rum in it. Um, or or and a they, pun. Typically, yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know, like, it's all very basic drinks, very gimmicky, and they, you know, because with, like, the drinks I would have gone for, because they were, you know, oh, we were gonna, like, have this special, like, souvenir glass that you could keep or whatever, they were gonna be, like, super expensive, and yeah, I, yeah, no. (laughs) 
I was I was not really really tempted. So all right, we'll we'll go ahead and say um, we did order an appetizer because you know what, if we're gonna go for it, we're gonna go for it here. Um, we chose not to do drinks, although we probably should have. Um, <laughs> I I just had you know a diet coke, and I think you had this. A, I had a Mr. Pib. Yeah, there you go. Um, Mr. Pip, of course, uh, you know, only got his master's degree. He didn't go for his full doctorate. Right. And I only get Mr. Pip when Dr. Pepper's not available. Sure. Sure. Um, so we had an appetizer. We had, uh, cheese sticks. Cause why not? You're, you're at a tacky restaurant. You might as well order the tacky appetizer. And yeah, I ordered <sighs> cheese sticks. Uh, and you know what? Okay. That was the best part of the meal. I'm, I'm reminding ourselves reminding myself of the prices of these things oh god i'm not proud how much i paid for this meal oh god i just saw i just like looked at the price for the cheese sticks yeah it was like 15 bucks or something like yeah they're like it was 13.99 yeah see there you go just but again it, it probably was the best part of the meal if i'm being honest yeah. with you um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's see here uh i also ordered the fried shrimp um i guess i was feeling more adventurous that day and deciding to have seafood um here's the thing though the the waiter said that that it, it started to take a little while for the food to come out oh my god yes and, and eventually like the waiter came came by and, and said so I didn't like the look of that shrimp the way that it came out the first time. So I had them redo it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe this isn't what I've heard. Uh, you know, this is maybe this isn't the typical anecdotal uh, thing with Rainforest Cafe. Maybe they actually care about the quality of their food. Whew, okay. Um, if the first batch didn't look good, what the fuck happened to, <laughs> to the first batch? Oh, um, the, the shrimp was very rubbery. The, it was lightly fried, um, which that generally speaking is okay. But like with seafood in particular, you kind of want it done. Yeah. You know, like, and this was, this could And you don't have the best luck with seafood. No. At one point there, I was almost killed uh, by uh, by fried shrimp. I think so. Um, had to had to take a whole bunch of Benadryl. The first time, technically, that I stayed over at Amanda's house. Technically, we just, yeah, we'd only been dating her like what, like three months, four months, if that. Yeah, <laughs> like seriously, it wasn't very long. Uh, and yeah, oh, oh, nearly died, nearly died uh, from shrimp. So. Um, I don't. I guess I didn't learn my lesson. And now that I know that Joe's, it, it was Joe's Crab Shack that did that. It was. It was Joe's Crab Shack. So now, now that I'm armed with this information, I know not to, to order have seafood from Landry's. Yeah. <laughs> What's sad is like they actually have like a Landry's seafood. Yeah, restaurant. like that's like their thing is seafood. So. And Boathouse is owned by them. You just mentioned Boathouse. that Boathouse yeah. is actually very good as a restaurant. How they can't just bring that food over to right. this restaurant is right. beyond. 
I right. it just it, it's absolutely beyond me. Um, like uh, the most also the, like how do I put this without offending literally every person that's ever eaten at this restaurant? It's Americana food. It is. It is, uh, and, and you know sometimes I get it on vacation. You just you need something with a little bit of tacky and a little bit of kitsch. You know, that, there's a reason why the like 50s primetime cafe or uh, sci-fi dining theater exists and do well enough to be booked out on reservations. They offer that little bit of kitsch to them. So does this. And like, I don't understand why, why having to have the kitschiness somehow means that no we can't have good food also but uh, right. you know whatever it, it, I, I i i guess like what i'm saying is i get the appeal uh of it from like a curb appeal uh, i guess um because mm-hmm. the menu doesn't look terrible when you're reading it over like I, there's some stuff on there that i would be wanting to try or wanting yeah. to eat and everything like that. And that's that's part of the reason why I kind of got suckered in and said, all right, screw it. Why not? Let's yeah. give it a shot. Um, but it, it did not end well. Let's just leave it there until the final reviewing. Now, Amanda, what did you have to eat? So I had what they called a jungle turkey wrap. Um, it's a turkey wrap. <laughs> it shaved turkey breast, tomatoes. It comes with bacon but i don't eat pork so i didn't have the bacon um lettuce caesar dressing it's all in a tortilla comes served with coleslaw and a side of fries um fries are good coleslaw was decent uh they covered that wrap in caesar dressing that's all i tasted was the caesar dressing and i like sauce but on things like sandwiches, if all I can, if you are putting so much sauce on it that that's all I can taste, I can't taste the rest of the sandwich, the rest of the ingredients. What are you hiding? Huh? Boy, does that sound familiar when it comes to me and my theory on food and sauce and wetness. <sighs> so you're saying your food was wet? That's what you're saying? Oh my god, it wasn't wet. It was just so much Caesar dressing. And I'm not a huge fan of, like, I like Caesar dressing, but not that much. Not to where I want that to be the only thing I'm tasting in my meal. It was, uh, I don't even think, I didn't even eat the whole thing. I think I ate, like, half of the wrap. Um, I ate more of the coleslaw and the fries than I did the actual, like, <sighs> and to spend, like, 20 bucks on that alone. Again, oh my god, no. No. I should Let's have talk about the atmosphere. The, shall we? Yeah, let's we'll talk about the atmosphere a little. <laughs> so we were seated like right in front of a gorilla animatronic. <laughs> that got interesting. <laughs> Right. So, for people who have never been to 
a place like Rainforest Cafe. That happens during your meal. Yes, it does. Along with a thunderstorm. That's fun. That you're just eating and all of a sudden there's thunder, some lightning, rain sounds, and the animals go crazy. Yeah. I mean it's the rainforest, so it makes right. sense that it was raining and we were in Well, the yeah, no, like it's part of the theming, and I get it. And that's it's it's actually pretty cool. Um if you're not expecting it, I can see some issues. So go into Rainforest Cafe completely expecting it. Um, now, the one at Disney Springs also has a volcano that erupts. True. Outside. So True. the Animal Kingdom one does not have an erupting volcano. Which is disappointing. It is. Uh, I won't lie to you. The erupting volcano at Disney Springs is actually really cool to watch. <laughs> Like every time, I think we all get like mesmerized by fire. Well, I mean, who doesn't get mesmerized by fire? <laughs> it's like it's we know it's going to happen, but fire. <laughs> it's fire. Of course, we're mesmerized by it. Um, no, like the to me, the atmosphere of eating in the restaurant is it. It, it makes up for some of the crap when it comes to the food. Um, like I said, I, I kind of wish this is the direction that the Skipper Canteen went because basically yeah. this is Jungle Cruise it is. minus the boat. Right. right. It, it's Jungle Cruise restaurant. Yeah. Um, you know, basically it's the same animatronics. They move the same amount mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, I think even the, the, the elephants tilt their head the exact same way. Yeah. For God's sake. So, you know, I. I'm kind of I'm understanding and I'm accepting of the theme. Um, maybe I should throw this out there. Do they not like make some sort of donation to to like the Save the Rainforest Fund? I don't know. That I don't know. I want to say I've read or I saw it on their menu or something like that. The like part of their part of your meal goes to conservation efforts or something. I mean, that's cool. Um, if that is what happens. Um doesn't explain why the shit was, you know, fifteen dollars for some cheese sticks, but still. Um I think everything was overpriced to a degree, and potentially that's the exact reason why, is because they do donate a percentage of the total uh, to to conservation efforts. Um you know the i would say that uh they apparently actually have their own charity oh okay so okay so that doesn't seem sketchy at all um yeah that that's apparently um something that is a thing um let's see if i can you heard it here, guys. That's something that is a thing. It's something um, that's a thing. <laughs> um, so by going here, you can feel a little less guilty about going, knowing that part of your uh, total of your bill goes to some sort of charity that allegedly helps the rainforest. Um, that's about the only good thing that we can say. 
say about it, it feels like. <laughs> I want to say the total that I paid for this meal was $90 with tip included. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. And this was definitely not a $90 experience, guys. This God, was, no. This was worth maybe 50 bucks at best. And, like, this is where I'm wondering if this is where inflation really shows up and everything like that is in the middle of, of the Rainforest Cafe pricing because, good God, it was expensive it for, was uh, for what amounted to something that we probably could have made at home for a sum total of $15. Yeah. And it would have tasted better. Yeah. Now, then again, we would not have gotten the animatronics, you know. No, but we would have had our dog begging us for food, like, you know, and making noises. Just like that. Yeah. So so there is. (laughs) We've gotten a similar experience with the lime animal. (laughs) And if we time it right here in Florida, we get the thunderstorm with it, too. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You do it during the summertime, do it around four o'clock. Boom. (laughs) Hey, <laughs> like clockwork, guys. I'm telling you. Um, all right, so there you go. There's there's a reason to not feel so guilty about it, Amanda. Let's go ahead and rate this thing on a scale of one to five rainforests. How many cafes are you giving this mm, uh, this going, restaurant? Oh God, I'm going with a two. You're going with two. Yeah. I'm surprised it's that high, but please. I'm kind of surprised it's that high. Uh, most of that is coming from the atmosphere. Because the atmosphere, like like we were saying, it's it's cool. The theming is great. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, there's we, we like aquariums. And so watching the fish was awesome. Sure. Um, you know, they're on point with the animatronics. The, the whole, you know, just the atmosphere is great. And like I said, the coleslaw and the fries and the mozzarella sticks were good. Um, so that also, but again, the majority of the two points is atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would stand to agree, except that I'm going to give it a one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, my two was generous. This re- restaurant makes me root for the people who are bulldozing the the Amazon for timber. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, if only, if only, they had just trotted over the uh, the chef from Boathouse. It would be so nice. Ultimately, ultimately. I think the thing that drives me most crazy about this place is that it has such good potential. Yeah, it like, really does. I, like, I really feel like this restaurant could be so much better than it is and so much more fun of an experience than, than it actually is. And I remember going to this place when I was a kid, not this specific location. Actually, it was the Disney Springs location that I remember going to when I was a kid. Um, I got a black uh, glow in the dark T-shirt too, so it was awesome. Whenever we rode like Space Mountain and stuff, because the T-shirt would light up. Um, like I, I just I, I wish that sometimes th- this happens to me with movies too. Um, 
sometimes, uh, oftentimes, especially with like action movies and sci uh, fi movies and stuff, you're so much more concerned about the special effects, the and the visuals of, of something that they stop giving a damn about the the story uh, of yeah. of the movie. Um, yeah. which is something that genuinely frustrates me. Um, but it's the same sort of thing here. They're so much more concerned about the decor and the theming and the, the atmosphere that they forgot about the food. Right. And like your restaurant first and foremost, you, you mm-hmm. should be focused on the food. All the extra stuff is flash to, to help get you in the door. And you got me. You got me in the door with it. But right. you want me to come back? And this is something that I don't think businesses realize right now is that repeat customers are the the, the ones that you need to be seeking right now. Right. Not the one-off customers. This is Disney's problem. This is apparently Rainforest Cafe's problem. This happens to be a lot of movie uh, experiences uh, problem as well. You were... Mm-hmm. We are wanting a an experience and a reason to come back and enjoy it again. Yeah. And you know, a, a monkey going ooh, ooh, ah, ah, is not going to do it. It's just right. it's not. If you want more repeat customers, if you want that restaurant full every single time and to the point where we can't do a walk up uh like we did here. We, yeah, we did we a walk waited, up here. We waited all of 10, 15 minutes or something like yeah. that. You know, so it's not like they were uber busy or anything like that. You know, if you want it packed to the uh, to the hilt, then the, the best way to do that is to have a good restaurant with good food first and then surround it by all the other stuff. Not the other way around. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I wish people would recognize that part first, but until they do, we're still going to have the rainforest cafes of the world out there. And that's going to ultimately be a disappointment. Ironically, though, I, the boathouse is the exact opposite. You know, the boathouse is not one that is decorated to, to the hill. It kind of looks like they went to a, you know, some sort of marine supply shop uh, or surplus shop and just bought some of the shit that they had left over in the corner or something like that for all the wood boats and then right. threw that up on the walls. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's about it. That That's all they had to do with decor. Oh, we need some flags. Hey, uh, Max's marine supply. Yeah. Can you get us like a bundle of flags that we can just hang up? Cool. Right. That, that's all they did. Right. And that's that's the best one of the Landry's restaurants that's on property. Because yeah. Yak and Yeti is not, you know, we'll s- save that re- review for when we try it again, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but the last time that we had Yak and Yeti, it was not great. Right. You know, and th- that one is immaculately themed, just like the rest of Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right? You know. It falls into that that category of somewhere in between Chinese food and Indian food and and Mm -hmm. everything like that. And the decor uh, is there to match with the Asian and sub-Asian continental decor and and everything like that. Cool. Great. 
that's awesome. Focus on the food. Right. It's not hard. Make some sesame chicken. I'm just saying. Anyway, all right. There we go. I've 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 ranted enough. I have. Let's get to some news, shall we? Shall we? Yes. So today we are recording this on, uh, I guess, a, a special day for for Disney. Okay. It's I because mean, we're. Is it May the fourth? May the fourth be. Uh, that's correct. <laughs> We moved on from the hippos to the Chewbacca's. Um, so, it being May the Fourth, uh, and God, I fucking hate that pun. I I really do. Um, something Star Wars was bound to come out in the news at this point, of course. And apparently, um, some of that uh, news came out about the galactic star cruiser experience yeah so star wars celebration today 2023 uh at the the celebration for it the top imagineers were asked about the quote-unquote future of the uh uh, galactic star cruisers experience and kind of here's what they they had to say um I think the evolution, uh, I think the storytelling, even on Galactic Star Cruiser, we may see some evolution, so we're always evolving our storytelling. That comes from Anne Morrow, uh, or excuse me, uh, Scott uh, Trowbridge, rather, uh, one of Disney's Imagineers. Um, Another engineer, um, Asa Kalama, when we design all these things, we design them with the idea that they're really frameworks for storytelling so that, you know, maybe today it's a mission to do X, Y, or Z, but it's really designed to be flexible so that in the future, as we continue to tell great new stories inside the Star Wars canon, we can find ways to express that through the park experience as well. Sounds to me okay. like they're, they are trying, they are going to start changing some shit up. They they have to with that. They're going to have to change some stuff up. I guess. I guess they're going to have to. Um, But here's what they're not going to do. They're not going to go back in time to the quote-unquote time period that everybody wants us uh, uh, to have the experience on. And that would be yeah. the the original trilogy uh, mm-hmm. timeline, not the new trilogy. I'm sorry. I, I if, if you like the new trilogy, good on you. Okay, just I'm not trying to ruin your 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 fun time. Um, but it sucked. It was terrible. It was the, the worst of these three movies. And I'm counting the prequels, y'all. I'm talking <laughs> about the ones that that literally we're talking about, like trade negotiations and stuff like that and like economic politics mm-hmm. that that was literally a movie one time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this and this newest trilogy somehow figured out a way to make it suck worse than that now listen i'm i'm all into economics and shit like that but even i'm like that that makes for some dry storytelling yeah i hope that they go they they look they just look at each other and go look very clearly, we have a hit with the Mandalorian. 
Yeah. It's set right after Return of the Jedi. Let's just do that. Yeah. I mean, and look, the this goes back to what we were talking about, sort of, with Rainforest Cafe. The story of the Mandalorian could be anything. It just happens to have a Star Wars, uh, you know, theme to it now. Yeah. You could take that script and you could put it on, on TV as just a general Western show and it would do great. It would be like Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah, it would. It really would. Like it would just do gangbusters. Right. You know, that yeah. that's the reason why that show is successful is because it's just good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is something that uh, this is, this is why I hate JJ Abrams. God, I hate JJ. Worse than Iran. Um, like he was so much more concerned about the wow, look at that effect. Oh, look, what if a planet was the Death Star now? Cool. Okay. Um that that ruins the whole movie going experience to me, I I guess, because it's like he took like the the original movie and made it worse. Yeah. In the in episode seven. And then he made the plot so that the ships couldn't go up on the, the last one. <laughs> <I> just... <sighs> Tell me I'm wrong. They no, say they... you're not wrong. I just love how anytime the last movie's brought up, that's like the thing that you just like go to. The ships couldn't go up. That's what that that was the big <sighs> I'm sorry. If you're going to be an evil emperor and equipping a whole bunch of planet destroying starships with giant laser weapons, I would think that you could figure out how to make the, the spaceships go up. I mean, one would think, yes. Yeah. That, that just makes logical sense. No, only focus on this laser that's going to destroy this other planet. <laughs> All right. Uh, the emperor do the ships like we kind of need them to go up no matter doesn't matter if they go up or not we'll just we'll build a little satellite dish over here that'll do it <laughs> that's what he thinks happens I am aware like this is the, the, uh, okay so this is why that type of storytelling does not need to be in galactic star cruiser it's nothing against Ray the character or Kylo Ren the character or whatever. It, those are all they're fine. They're not my thing, but they're they're fine. It's just that the storytelling in and of itself is awful, and I don't think that Disney has done a good job of telling good Star Wars stories outside of anything that John Favreau has uh, and Dave Filoni have done. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm glad to hear that I'm not wrong, at least. That's nice. So, what would you hope for if they were going to reimagine the, the Star Cruiser? and get, What would get you on board? Um, I'm not... I mean, obviously, you <laughs> can't keep the price point what it is. Um, like, I see... I see the point behind the concept and in 
theory, the concept is 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 good. Um, but it's not sustainable. No, um, it, ne- it never has been. It but. never has. It, it's it's a cool concept in theory with the idea that you are immersed in this world and you know and i get why they went that way because a lot of people love this world and a lot of people would love to be immersed in it um but it is not a sustainable concept um i think what they need to do if they really want this hotel because that's what it is um if they really want it to be a viable hotel they need it needs to be like the rest of the resorts but star wars themed it does not need to be its own separate experience because that's you're gonna get people there once maybe twice maybe but they're not gonna have the repeats that you have and you're it's so it's priced at a point now where you can't even get a you know, you're not going to get that many first timers. To your point, I think $1,500 a person is a reasonable thing for this experience. Cause I know you got to pay the cast members. I know you got to buy all the, uh, the specialty stuff. You got to pay for, for the construction of it, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So uh, like, I, I totally understand why on the front end there, there is a higher cost to, to doing this. Also, um, I'm going to be blasphemous and bring this into Star Trek to a degree. Because here's how I would do this if I I was doing a Star Trek version of this. I would say that everybody who shows up on this thing is is joining Starfleet. And they are all cadets. And this is all part of their their shakedown cruise or what have you. And, you know, shit goes awry. We're all thrown into different positions on the enterprise basically and you have to to go figure out you know which position you are going to be you know working with are you going to be on tactical and security are you going to be on engineering are you going to be in medical or are you going to be in science blah 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 you know there's a way to go about doing it kind of like the there's a online multi massive multiplayer online uh game or whatever called star trek online where that's basically how you, you do it is you there's show also up. one for star wars too there there is but it's not as successful right. um you know the the reason why the star trek one worked is because you chose a lot of different elements uh within your character or what have you there's a lot of different directions that you you can go and yeah. With Star Wars, it kind of feels like, well, you can go to the light side or you could go to the dark side. And that's pretty much it. Right? You know, like if you were going to, so to convert this over to Star Wars, uh, if I may, we're all joining up on the New Republic uh, Army. There's going to be an X Wing uh, class where you get to go be a fighter pilot, basically. And you go and you run out to uh, your X-Wings and you hop in and then you start flying around and shit. That would make the most sense to me. Yeah. If you were going to do something something like that. But you were assigned to uh, to a particular ship and this is all kind of part of the military and you get to have some sort of uh, you know experience like that. And then if you want to throw in a couple of things with the Jedi 
and the, the Sith and what have you. That also makes sense, but guess the reason why it makes sense is because in Star Wars terms, there's only like, you know, a couple of Jedi at any given point, it feels like. Yeah. At least of consequence, uh, anyway. There's only a, literally only two Sith from what I understand. So you know, not for not for nothing. There's you know, there's not that many characters that you can be on the dark side of everything. Um, so joining up and being a, a part of the Rebel Alliance, if you will, and getting to wear that stupid orange jumpsuit, uh, whatever, <laughs> like Porkins, that's what I would look like. That's right. They had literally had a character named Porkins, you guys, and he was fat. That's the best little factoid there about Star Wars, in my opinion. Just, I don't know why it makes me laugh so much, but it does. <laughs> um, you know, so if you were going to do something like that, that would be, a, I think, a little bit more enjoyable and more realistic of an yeah. experience than just me walking in going, these aren't the bags you're looking for when it came to my luggage. Right. Because that's kind of, it sounds like you're trying to get around a drug test, kind of, but yeah. like, like, like with like some psychic bullshit. No, that sounds stupid. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really see the, the whole reasoning before that. Uh, I don't see the reason why uh, you should be joining this voyage, if you will, as a, as a Jedi, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause that doesn't, it just doesn't play out that way, I guess. But yeah, you know, you're right. Because uh, it's not like all of a sudden if you walk on board and say I'm a Jedi, it's not like you can all of a sudden like magnetize a lightsaber to your hand or some shit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that that's that's why I am the way that I am. Um. So, uh, do you have any other thoughts on uh, the Star Cruiser here before we move on? No. Nope. All right. Um. Moving on then. It would appear. That Mickey's not so scary Halloween party uh, has started to sell, or at least the tickets uh, have started to sell. They are available for all guests as of May 2nd uh, of this year. So if you are super into that, you're welcome to, uh, to, to go ahead and purchase those. Annual pass holders and Disney Vacation Club members get to save $10 per ticket on. What? Um, Mickey's not so scary Halloween parties. So that's such um, a great discount there. Well, I'll say this: the prices are a little bit lower this year. Oh, they've actually lowered prices uh, on this anyway. I think they were going for like two hundred something bucks a person last mm-hmm. year, if I remember right. And mm-hmm. they do, in fact, go up to two hundred for the actual week of Halloween. Th- and that's understandable. Right, but everything else leading up to that is less than a hundred bucks. If you go in, or excuse me, less than uh, less than two hundred. Um, if you go on uh, any of the first week, with the exception of opening day, which is Friday, August eleventh, uh, you can get your tickets for one hundred and nine dollars minus ten bucks. If you are a annual pass holder or a DVC member, meaning that you could actually just pay ninety nine dollars for for a ticket. I'm sorry, what's the first date? That would be Friday, August 11th. Oh, dear God. Look, I'm saying that, first of all, 
Because that's still like two over two months away from Halloween. But also, it is hot as hell in August down here. Oh, nothing says uh, you know Halloween to me than 112 degrees and uh, 98% humidity. And you're going to be like, these people, this is a Halloween party, so you go in costume and you're going to melt. You're going to melt. Maybe that Just should letting... be part of your, your costume. If you are wanting to go, if anyone that is listening has purchased tickets for any of the dates in August and even September, um, you're going to melt. And also, hurricane season starts in 27 days and goes through November. Just know. <sighs> so you're going to have more, heat and rain. More on hurricane season as it approaches, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but you're not wrong, um, uh, obviously, about any of this stuff. I, I would say uh, if you're going to come specifically for Mickey's not so scary. I would do so in the middle of September if you are able to, if you have kids that are less than, uh, you know, elementary age or something like that. Because, like, it's 119 bucks starting Friday, September 8th. And that's usually when prices on hotel rooms and tickets and all that kind of stuff are at their lowest is during the middle yeah. of September. Uh, After Labor Day, yeah. So you're going to get that opportunity to to enjoy everything more uh, at that point and still cash in on some value. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you were an annual pass holder, go ahead and knock it out that first week. Yeah. Basically. I mean, like Friday, August 18th, that might be the play because that's still 109 bucks. Uh, or if you're an AP holder, 99 bucks. Uh, you know, so or Disney Vacation Club, too. Let's 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 not forget them. Uh, because God knows if you forget them, oh shit, uh, they get offended by by that stuff. So, um, you know, I would say that that's probably you know the play. Um, and the tickets being lower this year actually does make a little bit make me want to try it a little bit more. Yeah, um, I think that. This is going to be something I've done the Halloween party before, but it's been for it's been ten years. Same. I was a child. I I mean, all of eight or nine when I when I did it. So you know. Oh, the last Halloween party. No, I was an adult. Uh, of course, you were <laughs> an adult, quote unquote. Twenty twelve, I think, is the last one. Um, I have pictures. Of my parents were with me, so yeah, it was a fun time. Fun time. We okay. were pirates. It's fun. I'm not going to dress up if I do this, so it doesn't matter. But I'm just going to slap a name ta- tag on me. Uh, and uh, are you going to do like? Are you going to pull a gym? Yes. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dave. It's <laughs> exactly what I'm going as. Um, okay. I'm going to dedicate just a couple minutes to this and then we are going to move on. And I may mean that forever, by the way. Okay. Um, Cause I'm tired of fueling this fire and I feel like that's what I'm doing by continuing to report on this situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
there have been I, I there have been some issues here uh, of late that should be uh tackled by the Disney company. Uh and one of them is attendance. And it would appear to me to be that uh Disney is hurting. They are hurt. they are going through a hurt right now. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because apparently, in addition to the weekend bonus reservations that are available through the end of May for all annual pass holders, uh, there are also uh, bonus reservations uh, available for pass holders on Tuesday and Wednesdays over the next three weeks. So that is going to include everything up until the week after Memorial Day. Basically, that shocks me that it's going the week after Memorial. Like, I can see up until Memorial Day. That's that's what I mean. Is that up until Memorial Day? Yeah, uh, it's, I mean that I can see because you know school. Sure, but uh, still, even even still, I, w- I would say that colleges are getting out this week for like finals are, are are being taken and everything like that. I'm certain that some of the more adult uh, Disney fans that, that are out there, they are, I guess they're not, not choosing to come. And I'm not sure what the reason why is other than it costs an arm and leg for you to actually go. So I'm, I'm just noticing this is a strange. They must be hurting for attendance. If they're adding more of these bonus reservations. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, um, okay, fine. I'll go ahead and cover the real thing that I was going to say. I, I tried to do the fake out thing, but let's do it. Let's cover the governor. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're going to do this very quickly. Okay. Cause neither one of us like to talk about this. No, we're, we're done with it. Uh, believe me, I'm, I'm sick of it. And the, the reason why I'm sick of it is because it's now just gotten into this finger pointing name calling bullshit. Here's where we're at with it, guys. Disney has decided to sue Ron DeSantis in his capacity as governor, not Ron DeSantis personally. He has uh, the company is also suing multiple other uh, office holders in the, the state of Florida as well, mm-hmm. citing that they are being uh, targeted by the government and being retaliated against for holding a political belief, which is covered under the First Amendment. And I would happen to agree with them. So there it is. That's where I'm at yep. with this. Until this lawsuit is over, I don't care. Um, apparently, the um, I don't know if you heard this. I heard this today. The board that DeSantis appointed to oversee the whole thing, you know, the tourist board or whatever, has countersued. I don't know what they're countersuing for. I just thought they countersued. Well, here's what it boils down to. This is all going to go in front of a judge, and it's all going to um, get put, uh, you know, kind of on hold until a, uh, a hearing is is had, and we're all basically going to be stuck in limbo at, at this point until the situation is finally resolved. So One judge has already recused himself. Now that there is, in fact, a court case involved, um, I'm done. I'm, I'm done reporting on it. I'm done talking about it. I'm going to wait until the final outcome. In fact, I'm going to wait until it, the appeals process is done with this because I see this going to the Supreme Court potential. Yeah, I can I can see that this being a Supreme Court case. Yeah, and because it's a 
private company versus the state. Who else can adjudicate that? Not the court system in the state of Florida. It has to be a, a federal court. Uh, and so eventually, at some point, it's going to potentially reach the Supreme Court. That's when we're. That's when I'll, I'll talk about it again. But until that time, um, I'm not going to empower the the governor. I'm not going to empower Disney either, for that matter, uh, by placating to their versions of uh, the propaganda that's going on out here. It's a very complicated situation, and I understand to a degree the both sides of the argument from a legal perspective. I don't understand the 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 political the fight that that's being played out here. I think it's stupid the, the that the political fight is happening. But I understand the legal um the argument on both sides. At this point though, it's time for the court to decide. It's no longer uh, a matter of public opinion at this point. It's going to be a matter for the courts. So here we go. We're gonna let the courts decide. And whatever happens happens and then we'll talk about it. And but also just just so that another reason why we both don't want to talk about it anymore is because living in Florida, oh dear God, this is like hearing about it every day. Yeah, every day it is it's, something new. It's and and listen, this is something that is garnering national media attention, deservedly so. Um, and certainly the 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 implications of th- this case are fascinating, uh, but they're also kind of scary to mm-hmm. to to me. So Same here. I I am kind of hoping here that the process plays out and a a particular decision is arrived at uh, that we'll discuss that at a later date. But frankly, now that we have have an actual lawsuit on the books, there's nothing else to report on until no, until the decision is made by Agreed. by the judge. So Agreed. there we have it. We're done. You're welcome, Steve. I know he's sick and tired of us talking about it, too. So, um, Amanda, we are on social yes. media, are we not? We are on social media. Yes. All right. Where would you be able to find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Cynical Disney and on Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest at Cynics on Disney. But this podcast is also sponsored by NotClub33.com. Make sure that you are checking out NotClub33.com for all the latest and greatest updates, including but not limited to the NotCast. And last week and this week, uh, Amanda pinch hit for uh, NotClub33's own and common uh, guest uh, host or guest on this here show, Pat Neistat. Yes, uh, uh, you know, Pat was uh, out doing something with a car or something. I don't know what the hell he was doing, but Amanda pinch hit for him. Uh, so if you'd like to see more of Amanda, you get your chance the, this week. Make sure you check out the Notcast every Friday at 4 p.m. Magic Kingdom time. That's East Coast time for all of you California people. In the meantime, guys, make sure that you go out and rate and review us and subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever. We'll take the subscription. We appreciate it. And until next week, uh, thank you so much for listening again. And have yourselves a magical, magical fucking day.